This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Coming up on the Halftime Show, I interview the England football manager who had just participated in the Homeless World Cup 2019 in Cardiff, Craig McManus. An incredible story of a man who has experienced both sides of the game as a player and a coach and who gives us the real insight on the beautiful game in its rawest fashions from being homeless to leading out the national team. You don't want to miss this interview coming up next on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, having worked alongside um, this gentleman here coming up, Craig McManus, is a phenomenal story in the English Football Association where we worked together on our coaching course. Then we stepped on the pitch and played together and straight away everyone could tell this guy was a natural leader. Now, let's start with your journey, Craig. On the pitch, you represented Hamilton in the Scottish League. How was that experience? Um, yeah, I was, I was very fortunate as a a young player to um, train a number of different clubs in Scotland and um, Hamilton was, was not too far up the road from where I originally lived and um, I played at a local boys club and I was fortunate enough to um, be part of that setup um, and obviously um, play at a good level in Scotland so it's, it's taught me a lot. Um, football's always been a real teacher for me and uh, it allowed me to um, not just have some gratitude for being able to um, play football on a daily basis, but it grew. It helped me grow into the person I am today. And interesting enough, you say that. So football's taught you a lot, and as sport does normally, it does teach us life's lessons. But away from the pitch, you also faced your own challenges. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I had a kind of battle with, with addiction for a, probably a couple of decades, and um, it. I don't know how much impact it made in my career, you know, if it, it resulted in me maybe finishing my career and I would have hoped. But um, unfortunately, um, I lost that battle um, when actually I stopped playing um, football in my, my sort of late 30s. Um, and I kind of probably lost all structure uh, to my life um, when I stopped playing. and resulting in um, obviously you know as I said that battle with addiction which I unfortunately lost um, and it took everything from me not just the materialistic things like my home and my car my job but the, um, that total self-respect um, and any hope of um, having any sort of positive things in my life so um, but I'm glad today's very different um, and I've managed to turn that around. And full respect to you for that, you know, now carrying those experiences on, you're able to inspire people on and off the pitch. And, and how has that experience helped you as a coach? I think, if anything, it's gave me some clarity on um, that I'm of service to others. Um, you know, my f- primary function now is to um, as I said, be of service and develop others. Um, sometimes as a, a very early coach, you know, it was I probably thought it was all about me, you know, and, and what I'd done and uh, how I could develop my career and what it meant to me, whereas today is very different. I realise that my role is, is to solely um, improve individuals, 
and within of who I work with, which ultimately leads to a, a stronger team um, who perform better both on the pitch and off the pitch. And from the course that we've done together, you know, it's it's also looking at you know how to develop the person and not the player. Um, and I think that's something that's really resonated with me, and um, and it allows me to see not just people. Um, we're not just players as, as footballers, but you know the overall kind of holistic approach to coaching, where we can improve that social um, function. You know, from problem solving, decision making, um, communication, teamwork, which ultimately will allow them to obtain success on and off the pitch. Absolutely, and you know, Craig, something I have to tell the the listeners and and the people who are tuned in on the halftime show is. We sat next to each other in the group, and I absolutely had no idea on your back, background story, but you had this natural uh, leadership quality where you weren't always the one to talk all the time, but what you said was very valuable, and, and a lot of people took note of that before we stepped on the pitch. And, I, and recently, when I had seen um, you know, the article and, and we'd spoken about you actually being able to be on a platform to inspire so many people... I think you've won, mate, and and I think uh, full credit to you for for battling. You know, you said you lost earlier, but I think because you've learned from the situation, you know, full credit to you on 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 not just winning the battle for yourself, but many others will be inspired by that. You know, and recently I mentioned on the halftime show about the homeless World Cup. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, first of all, thank you. Um, you know, it's when uh how I live my, t- my life today is very different from what I did before and I think that I have learned humility is, is key to uh, trying to practice what you do on a daily basis and, and I think ultimately it allows people to gain trust in you and, and I really enjoyed that, that course and I, I really enjoyed learning from other people as well I think, as I said, football is a real teacher and um, what, I've, what I've learned over the last number of years is um, to learn and watch uh, sorry, by learn by watching people and, and how they conduct themselves and in that course there was a lot of leaders in there so I appreciate what you say. The Homeless World Cup Foundation um, is actually it's a Scottish based or, um, charity based in Edinburgh and um, it's been now running for 17 years and the, it's been all over the world from Melbourne to Rio to uh, Mexico City Phenomenal. Um, and, and this year it was in um, Cardiff and I was very fortunate um, when I was sort of overcoming that battle of addiction. I was allowed to um, access an organisation in Scotland called Street Soccer Scotland, um, where um, I was currently homeless and, and living in a, a hostel at that point. And I was going down to the sessions a couple of times a week in Edinburgh. Um, and it gave me an opportunity just to play football with nobody asking questions about my, my situation. So it gave me, a, a, not just a level of skate, but it re- allowed me to see how beautiful football was. You know, that connection, um, fun, um, allowed me to, not just the health and, mean, but, uh, health and well-being side, but obviously the um, kicking a ball and just having a good time, which yeah. is the primary fundamental thing that football does. That's right. So I was invited along to the Scotland trials um, and I was very fortunate to um, become get through the trials and become the Scotland captain. And the, the ironic bit about that um, year was the Homeless World Cup was actually in Glasgow, which is my home city. Nice. Um, which um, was amazing, you know. So not only was I allowed to share this experience with my teammates but I was allowed to share the experience with the city where I was um, born and um, my friends and family who uh, attended that 
And then um, from there, uh, I start, we actually played England in the last game wow. um, of that Homeless World Cup. And incidentally, it's something I always like to point out is that Scotland won. It's probably <laughs> the first time Scotland beat England in a long time. Um, and, uh, so I, but I got really connected to some of the England uh, management team. And I was at a real crossroads in my life, and I made the kind. I took a leap of faith. I think, as I said, the tournament gave me a lot of confidence and self belief, and um, allowed me to see that I had potential. And um, for a long, because that had been lost, you know, you know that yeah. self loathing, hatred, all that type of thing right. that I had. Um, and then, so I, I made took a leap of faith and came down to London, started volunteering, and um, became. Uh, a volunteer within the student football um, team England programme and uh, you know very fortunate to get a full time job within six months and it's, I've not looked back so I've been a coach I've been a player um, I was a coach at Oslo um, in Mexico and then this year I was um, team manager for centre point team England amazing and come yeah. and just adding to that Craig you know that's, that's something that we were talking about off, off air and what I want to discuss on the next segment is I want to discuss more about your journey, that holistic approach you mentioned, and how it's brought you to the stage that you are today in your coaching career. Coming up next, only on the Halftime Show with Craig McManus on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. What a story Craig McManus has got here. Now, Craig, just before the break, we were talking about your journey, your personal journey. And there was a couple of key things in there that you mentioned. You mentioned a holistic approach, which nowadays with the different styles in management and the different styles of coaching, your personal experience has enabled you to be able to connect with people on all walks of life. And as you said, football does take you places all around the world. But when you when you came down to your personal experience and like you said, no one judged you by obviously what had happened to you, you were just there to play football. Tell me more about that. I think sometimes, you know, as a coach or a manager that, you know, we sometimes maybe focus heavily on the technical, tactical aspects of the game and um, we lose insight into the fact that this person is a, a human being with thoughts, feelings, etc and emotions as we both know it's a very emotional game that we're involved in what I've understood to, you know, to try and develop and get the best um, out of that individual for themselves and the team is to, to focus on that as you know that social aspect of them as an individual so I always believe that you know treating that person um, as a person is the primary thing that we should do to I receive the best results. So ultimately, as I said, focusing on key aspects, confidence, teamwork, communication, resilience, even things like self-awareness yeah. um, of how they impact um, the team is, is really important. So that's how that, that's always my, my foundation. Um, obviously, the person has to some level of ability, um, but I always believe technical aspects of the game can be um, explored um, further and, and by consistent practices we can we can grow that but there's certain attributes of an individual that has to be um, critical for their success and I think if you treat them like a person first and foremost and ensure that 
um, they have the um, focus um, on themselves as an individual. It always develops on the pitch. I think as a player, um, myself as well, I always, when my life was in a better place, when I was slightly, when I had more stability and security around my, my general personal life, I always performed better on the pitch. So therefore, I think that's the best way forward is look at the individual as a, a person rather than just a sole football player that's there to, to work a number or a position on that pitch to, you know, um, get your results and goals, you know, or defend goals. But it's, yeah, so it's deeper. It's very much deeper now, isn't it? It does sound like that. It, it sounds much deeper. Yeah. And also it sounds that you used the sport. And sometimes we hear it as a form of escapism to be able to just express yourself without being judged. And, and there have been some... Uh, very famous Scottish managers who probably had a different approach to you <laughs> in Sir Alex yeah, Ferguson. Yeah. And if you were being coached by Sir Alex Ferguson, how do you think you would do? Well, I've been very fortunate. I, you know, with Street Soccer Scotland, um, Sir Alex Ferguson is their patron and ambassador. Nice. Um, and I was, I was at a dinner. Um, so obviously I've stayed very connected to that charity and organisation. Um, and I, I've got a great friend, David Duke, who's the CEO of that um, organisation now. And he invited me up to Scotland a couple of years ago to um, attend a dinner, which Sir Alex Ferguson was um, attending. Really? And he spoke, yeah, so he spoke at that dinner and, and I was actually in awe of what he said because people people have that instant impression that Sir Alex Ferguson was a disciplinarian and he was speaking about his... Um, experience of working with professional obviously senior top players Ronaldo Beckham's um, of these sort of ilk and what he said was um, when someone posed the question to him saying you're known as a disciplinarian what did, how does that work and he said I'm not a disciplinarian he said what I have is I set standards and if people fall below the standards I remind them Brilliant. and if they, if they keep dropping below the standards then I remind them again and if they don't listen they go yeah, because what's most important is the team. So I was actually, you know, for, so it made it changed my perception. I think sometimes as a player, the old hair dryer, as it's called, you That's know, right. is maybe <laughs> is maybe needed, you know. But um, sometimes just to make people aware of the um, their impact they're having on the team, and sometimes it can be a, a motivating tool. But I think what Sir Alex Ferguson was was a, an amazing um, people person. You know, I read his book. Leadership. Yeah, yeah and, I read that as well. Um, yeah, and um, you know, like he knew every single player, eh, sorry, every, not just player, but he knew their families, he knew the staff members, every devil level at the club. So I think he, that, that, even though the perception maybe of that hairdryer and that kind of robust um, control of a manager that, you know, maybe Machiavellian at times, you Absolutely. know, perception, but I think is a. Um, as an individual he was a people person I think you know and that's what he get the best out of players and it's, it's obvious when you see Cristiano Ronaldo talk about him as a second as father as a father yeah I was going to bring that up with you I was um, going to tell you that you know yeah. even though he did have that hair dryer treatment that you know was he was famous for and by, for those that are listening the hair dryer treatment was something that was quite vocal quite aggressive in the changing rooms but behind closed doors Cristiano Ronaldo has and several other players have recently called him a second father yeah, and I think that just because they see the impact they've had on their career, and I think you know, if I look around my football career, there's certain managers that um, are obvious to me that were people that I just immediately had trust, um, and they gave me confidence 
it allowed me to express myself, but first of all, it allowed me to, um, you know, just enjoy what I was doing. Um, and there's, there's also managers where I've worked under where I, I always felt I played under a bit of fear. You know, if I don't do this right, then I'll not play next week. Interesting. Um, or if I do this, then I might not. Um, what does this mean for me? And I think that where I performed better was always in that function of, you know, being able to express myself, freedom, confidence. So that's what type of environment I try to set within the group where, you know, they very much become part of the decision-making process. So right. we have a leadership group within the group. Um, and I'm not... If I'm not concerned if players raise things with me and they say, listen, why don't we try this or why don't we do this? Or um, particularly at training, where, you know, I might be working in a practice um, and they say, what if we add a zone in here or what if we um, try to move that condition, you know, or, or whatever. And I'm always really open-minded to that because for me it shows that they're taking, they're thinking deeper about the game and more importantly, their, their decision-making and problem-solving skills are starting to grow, which, again, focuses back on the person rather than the player. Fascinating. Craig, you're giving us a, a real insight on several, several principles and factors. Coming up next, more on Craig McManus coaching, the holistic approach, and what's coming up next at the Homeless World Cup and how you can follow Craig McManus only here on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. What an incredible show it's been with Craig McManus here, the England manager of the Homeless World Cup team. Craig, what I want to touch on with you is something that you said very very uh, importantly off air and also when we spoke during the World Cup the Homeless World Cup in, in Cardiff 2019 you said that it was more than just about winning can you tell us more about that yeah the Homeless is an unbelievable experience from start to finish it's just a huge kind of melting pot of cultures from um, teams and players from all over the globe um, and one thing that I've always tried to communicate to the players before the tournament and especially during the tournament is try to allow them to see that they may never experience something like this again so get the most out of it so while we have to play 13 games during that tournament um, we uh, the players will go initially with that thought of we want to win this we're going to try and take the trophy home and while I always encourage that and we always look at the best options to try and do that, I fully understand that the tournament means more. You know, it's about connecting with people. Um, it's about identifying um, who you are as an individual. And I think it's about building the resources and skills um, as a person to allow you to achieve success once you actually leave the tournament um, and start to, to grow into whatever that might be. Some of the young people that we are working with are, have been um, had really difficult upbringings. You know, they've been maybe through care or they've had connections through um, criminal justice systems, and um, and you know they've, they've probably had a you know it's something that I heard while I was away. It's like we talk about giving these young people a second chance, but some of them have not had a first chance. That's you know, that's so really that's, interesting. That's, so they have. Yeah, so, but so, when you so, when you yeah. actually read up on these players, do you get, let's say, their profiles before they enter, or is it something that they don't want to disclose? Or how how does that come about when you recruit, let's say, to represent the England national team? 
So what we do with Centrepoint, which is a youth homelessness charity that I'm part of, is that we work with various different clubs throughout the country. So, for example, in London we work with Arsenal and Chelsea, um, and we deliver weekly football sessions um, at these clubs via the community or foundations. Um, and, our young, and young people are invited along through either hostels or internally and within Centrepoint or within other organisations. They come along and just play football. And what we start to identify in them is, you know, um, not just obviously the ability, but secondly, the, the awareness of themselves and, and where they want to develop. So we build relationships um, and through time we, we find out more about them. Um, but the Homeless World Cup is an option where we find out probably more. But, you know, but obviously you know, we have to establish risk um, before we go in tournaments. So we, we, find, we find out more about them. And, and that's where we, we get in depth about what their experience has, has been. Um, and as I said, you know, some of the experience has been really tough. But however, um, like anyone else, you know, they have that, they, they can use this platform, the Homeless World Cup, to, to take opportunities. And that's what we try and encourage them because hopefully the tournament installs some hope some faith um, which ultimately leads to opportunities and then success that's right and how has the reaction been to the tournament Cardiff the experience was absolutely first class obviously you know every city we go um, the people generally embrace it but I must admit Cardiff was absolutely unreal and um, you know, there was a lot of uh, people back in the tournament. For example, Michael Sheen, who um, was that uh, the actor, um, he um, financially put money into the to make it happen this year. The Street Football Wales, which is an organisation which um, a, a close colleague, Kerry of mine, um, runs, and I was really delighted for them to have it in, the, in this Cardiff festival. You know, they've done a lot of work. But the people of Cardiff really embraced it. They came along and even though they're very partisan uh, fans, they, they go behind Wales and the, what they call the, they have the Dragons and the Warriors, their teams. Um, but they also got behind every single nation um, and supported them from start to finish. And it was really kind of humbling and, um, and really special to be part of it. The noise is brilliant. The weather was brilliant, which was nice. in Wales. <laughs> um, and um, everyone had an absolute... Oh, it was brilliant, you know. Amazing. So I must say, I must, I must admit, um, Cardiff was quite a special experience. And you know what's amazing about listening to you today and and sport, and in this case, football, you know, does bring people together. It teaches a lot through the game. And I recently asked a question on my show: um, Does sport, does the sport industry give enough back to the community? And I think. I asked that question because in the back of my mind, I thought there's never enough to do and give back to support the communities around the world. And what you have spoken about today and the way that you've elaborated on it is a true reflection of what it does take to give back to the community. And you, uh, my man, set the bar very high. And there should be more Craig McManuses out there who can really make a difference and inspire to do better. Coming up next, how you can reach Craig McManus, how you can support the cause and where you can find him on his next journey, only here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. What a show it's been. It's been a pleasure and an absolute honour to have uh, Craig McManus 
a fellow coach, a good guy, a dear friend, and someone you need to watch out for in the future. Craig, thank you very much for being on the show. Well, thanks for the invite, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, now, Craig, tell me, what's next for you? So, we've arrived back. I'm arrived back in London um, today um, after the tournament, and this is always a positive time to reflect on what's next. What I've always, always done over the last number of years since I've, I've managed to get in recovery and, and change um, my life is that um, I don't make two solid plans. So nice. what I'm going to do is continue on my coaching journey. Um, I'm going to continue on my CPD, which is obviously my, my continuous um, progression and, and development as a coach. Um, one thing I've learned, um, I'm sure you, you the same for yourself, is that the more you do, the more you coach, the more right, more you realise that you've got so much to learn. Absolutely. Um, and um, so that's what journey I'm on just now. I'm just I want to learn. I'm actually, but I always want to be involved in football for good, football for change. Um, but I'm actually also looking to maybe look at the, the non-league game in England, um, which I find very attractive. I find very exciting, and, and maybe look for an opportunity to to move into a some sort of assistant coaching role there just now just to bed myself in so I've got a, kind of two two plans main main thing is to just continue um, doing the work that I'm doing and, and, and try to make an impact on homelessness addiction uh, mental health and, and across England through um, this wonderful game and then secondly from a, a personal aspect look to break into a more formalised structured um, coaching role but I'm really open minded uh, honestly I'll wait and see what is presented to me and uh, but what I've realised is if I get myself involved with good people um, I, then generally fantastic opportunities come away Absolutely and I'm hoping to get you out here in Charger in the UAE and uh, do some coaching here and, and, and get you to bless some of these football pitches but how can we keep track of uh, the amazing work obviously that you've done um, you know is there an organisation that you support heavily or you would like to uh, get us to support as well here at uh, Pulse95 so I've been really lucky um, where there's two huge organi- organisations that mean huge amount to me as a, an individual. First of all is Street Soccer Scotland, yeah. um, which is a phenomenal organisation who allowed me to find myself again, you know, and encouraged me to be uh, a footballer again, and that, which is, you know, and I think that um, organisation will always be close to my heart. And certainly Centrepoint, Centrepoint is a youth homelessness charity based in London, um, Bradford, Barnsley, um, as well as in North East and Manchester in England. Um, and we, we support young people who are experiencing homelessness. Um, and our, our focus is to change perception of what homelessness is and allow the world to see that these are young individuals with huge potential. Um, and if we can back them, they can be the future leaders in our country. And, and I think that. Um, I'm very fortunate to be part of these two organisations which I'd love people to support and can look into um, and, and see the wonderful work they do not just, in, not just in the world of football but in many other aspects from health and wellbeing to um, housing to obviously support people into jobs and employability Absolutely and if you may allow me to add uh, Craig you are the true meaning of what a coach is you embody exactly what it means in the sense that you've been through so much yet you're willing to learn and as we have experienced together you know on our coaching courses you're you're true uh, true class act man and i wish you all the best and here at pulse 95 here in charger we wish you all the best as well thank you for coming on as a guest you've been a great guest we will have your 
You can find us on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud, and we'll basically be posting up your um, your interview very very soon. Thank you for tuning in for those listeners, and thank you, Craig, very much for being an incredible guest. Oh, thanks, Omar. Thanks for allowing me to be on the show. This is Pulse ninety five. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from three pm. 